Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Uh, you can always grow and become stronger, and you do need to learn how to be an overcomer in that you need to learn what to resist and reject and you need to learn what to receive and what to allow. There are things that will, uh, that can actually poison you mentally and spiritually. There are things that thoughts and things that minister death to be carnally minded is death, the scripture said. But the right things, the Word of God, to be spiritually minded um, is, is life and peace. It will change your insides. Uh, that shouldn't be hard for somebody to believe and understand. I mean, how many times has somebody been bopping along, having a pretty good day, uh, you know, kind of upbeat and happy and smiling, and then they heard something, and that thought they just immediately got sad and um, became even depressed. Well, boy, that's a big swing. Is that right? From happy, excited to depressed and despondent. What was the difference? They heard something. They saw something. A thought came. Do thoughts matter? Yes. Oh, man. They do, and, but the great thing is you don't have to think on what you don't choose to. That's right. Now, the devil will tell you, you can't help it. You know, you can't help but sit there and replay something awful a thousand times and relive it and languish in it. Uh, the enemy says you can't help it. You can't help it because it comes. If a thought comes, you have to uh, let it in. That's like saying if somebody comes to your door, you have to let them in. Huh? You don't. You don't. Yeah, but they're out there. Well, some of them need to stay out there. Is that right? You don't need to let them in. And that's what the Bible says about casting down imaginations, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So that's what we're doing here in faith school. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with, and let's learn some more about it. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking for the utterance, direction, guidance, anointing, help, answers that you know are perfect for us right now. We do ask for them. We thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look, please, in Hebrews uh, 3 again, Scripture that we've been looking at for weeks now. We're talking about overcoming unbelief. In Hebrews 3 and 7, he said, uh, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Say that out loud. Harden not your hearts. He said, don't do that. 
as in the provocation, like they did in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my works 40 years. I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. Every time they had an opportunity uh, to believe God, they came up against some kind of challenge or need or, uh, or whatever uh, lack, uh, they chose wrong. They went the wrong way. They, they just um, reverted back into the griping and complaining and, and blaming and talking death and failure and refused to believe. And it wasn't even that they did that numerous times that, that cost them the promised land. It was that they absolutely were unwilling to change. They, were, they hardened themselves against repentance. That's the big mistake that they made. God could have, he would have forgiven them for all kinds of things. He, and, and there was nothing he couldn't have got them through. He proved that by meeting their needs in a desolate place. And even the next generation, he proved that the walls didn't keep them out. The giants didn't overcome them. They could have enjoyed that success themselves. The problem was they would not repent. They refused to believe and they refuse to obey. And the Bible is warning us, don't let this happen to you. Don't be like that. So say it out loud. Father God, I hear your words and I choose not to harden my heart, but to be willing to be taught. So teach me, Lord. Show me. What true humility, true trust, and faith, and obedience that pleases you, what it is, how it works, I'm willing to receive it and walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen. So he, he warns about that. Go to Second Peter again that we looked at this week earlier, and um, see what he's saying, 2 Peter 3, 9. And if, you, if you're not familiar with this, mark it, highlight it, underline it, put stars by it, whatever you do. Let this verse get in you. It is a pillar, an anchor, that'll help you from getting off and from believing lies. What is it? It's 2 Peter 3, 9. He said, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness. He was talking about people who were mocking and saying, Look, generations come and generations go, and Jesus hadn't come back, and none of this is happening, and this resurrection from the dead, are you crazy? Oh, that's just, you know... Uh, imagination and fantasy. And he's saying, no, God's not the one slack here. Hmm? But he is actually long-suffering. And every day he waits is an opportunity for somebody else to get saved, Amen. to get right. Every day he waits is an opportunity for some hardhead. Yes. Maybe like you were. <laughs> or me. 
that, that has already had 50 opportunities and just has continued dragging their feet. And be, but today, it's going to change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Today, at, on, on the 51st time, they're going to repent. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. And like we've been talking about, it's not just what you did. It's what you do last. It's what you do in the end. And so thank God he is long-suffering. Don't you agree? Thank God. Thank God. Thank you, Lord. That's why, you know, we say, this is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. We were to think, praise God, another opportunity. Hallelujah. For people to miss hell. Right? And to miss destruction and to miss perishing. He said, uh, for... Uh, verse, verse 9, in the middle of it says, uh, God's not willing that any should perish. Now, this is not limited to one or two areas. God just, His will is not destruction. Ever. You know, Jesus said, you know, it's recorded in the Gospels. He said, the Son of Man didn't come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Amen. You know, if God had wanted us destroyed... All he'd had to do is nothing. Is that right? Just leave us alone and we'd have self-imploded long ago. Is that right? Uh, no, no. He, you talk about going out of his way to save us. Going at the greatest expense. Uh, he did in giving Jesus. Jesus did in submitting and obeying and giving himself. No, he's not interested in anybody being destroyed in any shape, form, or fashion. Not spiritually, not eternally, not physically, not mentally, not emotionally, not financially. Do you believe it or not? God, His destruction is simply not His will. Said out loud, God's not willing that any should perish. Say it again. God's not willing that any should perish. One more time. God is not willing that any should perish. So don't let somebody tell you that destruction was God's will. We studied uh, on yesterday's class, we saw in Ephesians about how that people who are without God in this world are without hope. And then we saw in Luke 13 that Jesus talked about what we would call tragedies, uh, whether it was something criminal or some, what people call an accident, uh, a building falling on somebody. He said, do you think they were worse people, worse sinners than anybody in that area? He said, I tell you, no. No, they weren't. But unless you repent, you'll all likewise perish. I mean, the same words we're reading here, right? Mm -hmm. Repent, perish. How can you avoid perishing, class? Repent. Repent. It's not a bad word. It's a good word. It's a glorious word. Isn't it? Say it out loud. Thank God for repentance. Hallelujah. Thank God. It's a gift. Go to uh, uh, Timothy, if you will, and you can see it here. Second Timothy, the second chapter. 2 Timothy 2.23. He said, Foolish and unlearned questions avoid, 
knowing they do gender strives. No need fussing and fighting about stuff. The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. Is it true that a lot of people are their own biggest problem? (laughs) They are their own. We've heard it say they're their own worst enemy. Well, that's what an enemy is somebody that opposes you. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God, peradventure, will give them repentance. Did you hear that phrase? That's why I keep saying repentance is a gift. This is a prayer that God would give somebody who's messing themselves up, that he would give them the gift of repentance. What does that involve? Give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Well, who is the devil? That's that thief we've been talking about, right? What does the thief do? He steals. He kills. He destroys. And what has happened here is somebody has uh, uh, gone the wrong way. They have opposed themselves. They're, They're their own worst enemy. They've allowed the enemy to snare them and trap them. What's he got them trapped for? To destroy them. To destroy, still kill and destroy. But is it the end? Is it hopeless? No. What could happen? I mean, on, on, on their current condition and the way things are going, they will be destroyed. They will perish. Is there any hope, though? Could they be spared? Huh? God's not willing, right, for them to be destroyed like this. But what's the answer? But that they should repent. Hallelujah. And so he tells, this is somebody looking at the situation from the outside. And he's saying that the servant of God, you can uh, pray and ask God, Lord, would you give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth that they may recover themselves out of this trap and out of this snare. This is a prayer you can pray over your friends, over your family, over your co-workers. Are y'all listening, class? This, this is, I've, I've used this many times myself, praying over friends, family members, whatever. You see people absolutely going the wrong way. You see them going down the path to perdition, destruction, like he was saying, perishing. What can you do? Well, uh, they may not listen to you. They may not have listened to a lot of people because they're not listening to God. But what can you do? As long as there's breath, there's hope. And you can ask God, Lord, uh, send labors across their path. If, they don't, if they're not saved, not born again, send labors across their path. Somebody you know they'll listen to. If, even if they are believers that are backslid, you can say, Lord, give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Uh, help them to see. And what that is, that's a realization of the truth. And they see this is right and I'm wrong. <laughs> huh? This is the way and I'm going the wrong way. Now God won't make anybody repent. 
but he can bring you to it. He can show you clearly and give you grace and strength. If you're willing to, he's right there to help you do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And in that case, a person, you know, uh, Jesus told the uh, story, the account of what we call the uh, prodigal son, about how that he said, Father, I want my inheritance now. And he got it and then took off and went to Sin City and, he, and just blew it with riotous living, wild parties, everything, drugs and drink and you name it, I guess. And then he ran out of money and his friends all left and he wound up having to get a job and the only job he could get was feeding pigs which is bad work for a Jewish boy, man. That's, and so he, he's there. And, uh, you know, I guess he ain't got his first check yet. He's standing there feeding pigs, and he's so hungry, he's looking in the pig trough going, you know, that piece of bread don't look that bad. And he was, he was tempted to get down in the pig trough to get him some food. Sin will bring you low. Is that right? Running from God, being disobedient, will cause you to lose everything you got including family, friends, everybody. But notice what happened. It wasn't the end of his story. He looked up. The Bible said he came to himself. <laughs> Can you see that? Can you see why I mentioned, I referenced that? Because isn't that what he said? You know, to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves. He's standing out there by the pig trough, and he came to himself, and he thought, what am I doing out here? Starving to death at the pig trough. Man, at Father's house, there's always plenty to eat. I mean, the, the people that work for my dad, they eat good. I know what I'm going to do. I'm repenting. I, I, I'm, I'm going home and I'm saying, Father, I've, re I've sinned against God. I've sin Is this repentance? Yes. What's going on here? This is not just a casual change of opinion. This is a heart change, and it's a change of direction. He's not hanging over here anymore. He's going home. Huh? How many Christians need to come home to God? How many Christians need to get back to Father's house? Well, there's plenty. Huh? Never is it God's will for anybody to perish with hunger. There are people starving to death on this planet and not a one of them is at God's will. Not a one of them. Not a one of them. Some of it goes back to their fathers, fathers, fathers rejecting God and worshiping all kind of idols and they got no rain and they got no blessing and drought has devastated and destroyed everything and it's sad that the innocents suffer. Because of all these kind of things. But it never was God's will. None of it's God's plan and God's will. And it wouldn't matter where you are or how terrible it is. If enough of that nation and people would rise up and say, we have sinned. God have mercy on us. God help us. He would send rain. He would send vegetation and growth. Is that right? He would send business. He would send help. I'm telling you. He would. But if you're going to worship your idols and you're going to forsake God, it's never going to get any better. It's only going to go down and get worse. The salvation of our country is in our faith in God. 
And as long as enough of us believe in him and trust and reach, he'll keep us. Hallelujah. But when we're gone, it's all over, brother. I mean, when the righteous are gone and the resurrection occurs and all that, well, boy, this place is going down in a hurry. It's all going down and staying down. But notice what he said, asking God if he would to give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. You can pray that prayer, like I said, for your loved ones. If you've got somebody in mind right now that you know that has been going the wrong direction and they haven't had a good life and it's just gotten worse and worse and worse, let's pray for them right now. Yes. You ready? You want to? Yes. You got somebody in mind, somebody that's a, a friend or a coworker or family member or, or whatever that's been going the wrong way. You, you don't have to call their name you know, out loud in, in this group, but if you're alone, call it out loud and, and say it out loud. Father God, Father God I, lift them up to you. I lift them up to you. And I, I know you love them. And you're faithful. You have not failed them. But if they have forsaken you, it costs them. And to be without God in this world is to be hopeless. There is no good end in sight. But you are a merciful God. Oh, merciful God. And a gracious God. And a kind God long-suffering and of tender mercies. And I ask you for them if you would grant them repentance that you would give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth that they may recover themselves out of the snare and the trap and the deception and the lies and destruction of the devil. I ask you for it. I thank you for it. I know it's your will. And I know you'll minister to them. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now he won't make them do something against their will. But I assure you, God will answer that prayer. Huh? It might be the middle of the night. It might be any other odd place that they wouldn't think of. But they are going to sense God's presence. They're going to come to a realization. I've been going the wrong way. They're going to come to a realization. I need to do this. This is the truth. This is what's right. And it'll be their choice. I said it'll be their choice. But they'll be in a perfect position with God ready to help them if they say, I'm repenting. I'm changing. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. See, that's what he was saying in that passage in Peter. He's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I am so thankful. Go back to uh, Isaiah, if you would, the fifth chapter, Isaiah 5, and let's uh, let's see a, a really graphic picture of what we're talking about. Now, we're still talking about you know, overcoming unbelief as to what happened to those guys that perished in the wilderness. We know from other scriptures why they perished. They wouldn't repent. They wouldn't repent. And uh, they were stubborn and they hardened themselves. And what that results in 
is losing God's protection, losing his help. And man, that's the worst place you could be, is in this world without God. Because it's full of evil, it's full of curse, it's full of death, it's full of bad things. In Isaiah, the fifth chapter, verse 1 the, the prophet is speaking by inspiration. And he said, I will sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved has a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. You know, beloved is a name that God has for us. We are his beloved. Amen. Said, he fenced it and gathered out the stones and planted in it it with the choicest vine, and built a tower in the midst of it, and made a wine press therein, and looked that it should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes. That'd be that'd make sour juice. Uh, what what is this portraying, class? Who who's the vineyard? That's God's people. Who's the one uh, planting it and putting a fence around it? That's God. Right? Yes. Taking care of his beloved. And it, it, is he unreasonable to expect some good fruit out of us? No. no. God is a good investor. Yes. Is that right? Yes. And he expects a good return mm -hmm. out of us. And that's completely reasonable. Mm -hmm. After everything he's put into us, yes. he should see some good results, yes. some good fruit. But he didn't see it. He saw sourness and bitterness and lousy grapes. <laughs> and uh, verse 3, he says, Now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, I judge you, I, betwixt, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, it brought forth wild grapes. God is saying, what more could I have done? I provided for it. I protected it. I rained on it. I blessed it. And here it produces this junk. He goes on to say, now go to, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I will take away the hedge and it shall be eaten up and break down the wall and it shall be trodden down. He's not going to trot it down. He's not going to consume it and destroy it. What, that's what happens when there's no hedge. Can you see this class? That's what happens without God's keeping and protection. He said, I'll lay it waste. It'll not be pruned or digged. And, and if he's not purging and protecting, there's going to come up briars and thorns. Also, I'll command the clouds that they rain no rain. See, he, God doesn't have to destroy anything if he doesn't rain on it. If he doesn't bless it, if he doesn't protect it, it ain't going to make it. Right? Without him. And so it's not that God is consuming and stealing and destroying, but it's if people reject him and they lose his protection, they lose his help, they lose his blessing, you're going to perish. You're going to perish. Unless, unless you repent. Oh, somebody say, thank God. For repentance. Thank God. If you'll repent, what happens then? Hedge comes back up. 
Here comes the rain, is that right? And the sunshine and the blessing, and you're good again. Hallelujah. And our time's up again. Well, come back tomorrow. We're just getting into the middle of this. We'll see you soon back here at Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 